Hey everyone, welcome to Pro Soccer Talk. This is episode one. Uh, I'm your host Josh Danza today. We have a few other players here in the room with us today, which we'll be introducing here in a second. Uh, today's show, we have a special announcement that we're going to make later on in the show regarding next weekend, uh, something cool involving our pro outdoor soccer team. We're also going to get into a little bit of our men's league team that plays on Friday nights uh, called Mobtown FC. Yesterday was our semifinal match, and uh, we have a few players with us today that can definitely discuss the match. Bound to be a heated conversation. So um, once again, uh, I'm your host, Josh Danza. Uh, before we release uh, an episode zero, just talking about the flow of the show, what's all going to be in here, what we're going to talk about. Uh, one of the big things that we want to continue to do is spread uh, the awareness of what we're doing here in Baltimore, not just with our pro outdoor team, but everything that we have as an organization, uh, being the, uh, our futsal team, our women's team, our youth involvement, uh, what we do in the community, uh, everything kind of piecing together and as one big project, uh, being able to spread the game throughout Baltimore. So with that being said, I'm going to get right into it. Uh, yesterday was our semifinal match for our Wednesday or for our Friday night uh, men's league team. Uh, we came into the playoffs last week. We had our quarterfinal match and ended up doing extremely well, controlling the whole second half of the game and coming out with the 2-1 victory. Um, then leading up to yesterday, um, we had the entire returning group from the previous match. We're excited to get into yesterday's match. And um, also, it's great to have a few other guys on the team uh, here with us today. Uh, starting off, we have our defensive center midfielder, Opie. Uh, Opie has been a, a big influence for us over the past few months. He played with our U23s this past summer. And we'll be learning a little bit more about uh, him here in a second. I also have KJ Davis. Um, a player that came to us through our U23s this past summer as well, plays on our men's league team on Friday nights. Our goalkeeper, Brian Gruder, who plays on our futsal team as well as our men's league team, as well as the infamous Dario, who's actually just coming in with us right now. So the five of us around the table are going to talk about uh, yesterday's match to start off. Um, starting off with Opie here, um, tell us a little bit about yesterday's match. I mean, uh, from my perspective, everything that I saw, we started off the game all right. Uh, give me a little bit of a recap of what happened yesterday. So um, we've already played this team before, and we actually beat them 4-2, uh, I believe. But they're a very good team. They're very good at keeping the ball, keeping possession, moving it, you know, moving you around. So uh, we knew a bit about them before we played them, obviously. And um, so yesterday we knew it was going to be a tough task, but uh, obviously a doable task because we beat them before. But basically how the game went down is um, we started off well, like Josh said, and we were playing well, playing our game. But uh, a, slight a slight defensive mistake caused them to score, so they went 1-0 up. And to be honest, you know, things kind of went downhill from there. I mean, we've kind of seen this team, sorry, with this team this season, like we're not exactly the most let's say, capable of teams when it comes to coming from behind. Keeping a lead, we're pretty good at, but when it comes to coming from behind, you know, we're not as solid. So we went down 1-0. We started pressurizing them. You know, we had a lot of the ball, a lot of possession, a lot of chances, but we didn't score any of our chances. Eventually went into halftime 1-0. Uh, we came out second half, 
played well again, <laughs> created chances, dominated them, dominated possession. So, you know, the, with about 15 minutes to go, I believe, we started, you know, pushing higher. Uh, Josh went up from centre-back. We started, uh, we switched from a 4-3-3 to a 3-5-2, you know, really pressuring them. And then um, a slight mistake again in defensive third caused them to score the second goal. It could have been a foul in my eyes, but, you know, the ref didn't call a foul, so it was 2-0. With five minutes left, uh, Josh actually scored to make it 2-1. And again, we had enough time to create chances. We had enough chances to score goals, but we didn't score the goals. And ultimately, um, from our own goal kick in the last, I think, two minutes, they won the ball and then scored the third goal, which was the decisive goal, which made them win the game. Funny enough, after that, we still had a couple of chances, but again, as always, we didn't finish and it came back to bite us, so we ended up losing 3-1. A disappointing result, and I'm sure you're going to hear a lot about it next 45 minutes or so. Yeah, and uh, just going back to what I see, what I saw from the game, we uh, like, like Opie mentioned, our main goal in every single time we step on the field with any of our teams within our organization is try to keep the ball, uh, develop an attractive style of play, and be able to dominate in possession. Uh, one of the main things that we look to do is control the ball out of the back, get them to commit numbers high. Once they've committed numbers high, split lines and be able to go forward. Um, it's very tough, uh, at least what we've noticed. Uh, our playing and our style tends to shift once we go behind. The games that we go up early and we're able to score first, we tend to really coast from there and do really well. And the other teams end up frantically pressuring us and then us being able to pass around them and get even more opportunities. Um, the other team actually scored that first goal. It may have been offside, but um, uh, that first goal was scored within the first 15 minutes, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. which uh, then completely kind of changed the way that, I mean, not necessarily the way we wanted to, but the way we did end up playing yeah. um, for the remainder of the game. Uh, we were able to break in behind a few times. We were able to get our opportunities in the box, a few passes that were right in front of the goal that maybe we should have finished. But um, at the end of the day, didn't get the result, uh, which knocks us out of the semifinals of the of the men's league. You know, a lot of funny things that happen in a local men's league game, uh, little things like, uh, you know, one of the big things is when you play in these local Friday night or Sunday league games, um, you you have little little funny things that end up going on changing the outcome of the game. For us yesterday, it was as simple as not having a backup ball to play with. And that sounds really funny and really stupid, but at the same time, um we the, the game was being played with one ball and when that ball went out of play, the game just kept on the time just kept on rolling and we were chasing the ball, and the other team, every single time they got an opportunity, were blasting as far as they could out of play, wasting time, uh, which definitely led to some heated discussion, including myself uh, involved in a few uh, definitely uh, in-your-face moments. But it was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a physical game. It was definitely, we knew from the beginning, it was going to be a physical, fast-paced game where the other team was going to control the ball as well. Um, I was surprised that... I somehow didn't get a yellow card at some point in the game. I put in some hard tackles and was the last man in some situations. So um, definitely put in at least five tackles that were worthy of a yellow and didn't manage to pick one up yesterday. Um, uh, with that, um, KJ, um, if you can just tell me, I know yesterday, well, I guess in the, in the quarterfinal game, 
uh, KJ was uh, actually our goal scorer of our equalizer goal that ended up tying it up for us. He uh, he was able to, well, our team built up the play, probably connected a good 15 passes before the ball even got to him. Uh, we actually had video of it, and we were watching it the other day, but uh, KJ ended up laying off the ball to another player who was played through. KJ spun off and was able to run through, take a touch, and beat the goalkeeper far post with his left foot. Um, yesterday, he started up top as well, dropped back into the attacking midfield role towards the end of the game just so he could see more of the ball. Um, KJ, I know Opie kind of went through his uh, his analysis of the game, but if you can tell me a little bit more about what you saw from yesterday as well. Um, yeah, I mean, since, like Opie said, we played this team previous, and I wasn't, the last time we played, I wasn't at 100%, but even then we were clearly the better team. This time around, I, I kind of knew we were walking into I'm not going to lie, before the game, since we didn't even have a ball, I felt like really shaky about the game, but as we as the game grew, <laughs> as the game grew on, it, it kind of settled down. But playing that team before, we knew what they were about. They can move the ball fairly well in and outside the back line. Uh, up front, they had they had a new guy who who didn't play last time, the winger that was probably receiving the ball the most. Yeah. So, you know, he he got he saw most of the ball for them. He was probably their dictator. Just more frustration, like Obi said. Just finishing our chances. I mean, we we really just need to. We honestly shoot ourselves in the foot every week with just chances in our attacking third. I mean, and I know, like myself, when when we miss and then we get scored on in 15 minutes, everyone's heads on edge and everyone's looking up, blame the next person, including me. Yesterday, I was just really livid about a lot of things, just not going our way. It was just really unfortunate. But like Obi said, the second goal. Is a hundred percent my fault. I mean, I, I probably did get ridiculously fouled, but it came off my foot last, and they scored right after. And after that, it was two one with like eight minutes left. Two zero. Two zero with eight minutes left. We didn't even score yet. But yeah, it was just frustrating more or less. I mean, could we have done more? At the end of the day, we just could have just finished our chances, and we wouldn't have been in position. But just a little frustrated and all. Just losing out, bowing out like that, and not getting to the final was. It's a it's a it's a heartbreak, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, once again, bringing back up the fact that it is a men's men's league. yeah men's league. It's or not. still it's so funny. <laughs> it's 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 funny here. I was talking. Oh yeah, we didn't have a ball when we warmed up and all, but like at the same time, like almost every single time I've ever played one of these leagues and brought a ball, I never <laughs> come back home with it because either someone jacks it after the game or ends up a uh, hundred feet in the woods. Um, or just something stupid happens. I, it, you know. So then, what happens is people bring a ball one week, and the next week they end, or that week they end up losing it. So they're like, "I'm not bringing a ball next time." You get all the way there, and then finally, there's one game ball, and <laughs> you know it, it sounds so stupid, but at the same time, you know, it is a men's league. It's it is for fun. You come out play on a Friday night. Uh, we do have a competitive group of guys that want to win every time they step foot on the field, but. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Whenever you put some sort of um, playoff feel to a game, people are going to show up and play, regardless if it's in an open field or on a nice turf field on a Friday night under lights, you know. So, um, like I said, we also have our goalkeeper here, Brian Gruder. Uh, Brian <laughs> Brian is a veteran of this league and has played. One of his comments was before one of the games. Yeah, I used to play against these kids' dads. Um, that's how long I've been playing in this league, which could or could not be true. Um, 
So, um, I mean, Brian, from the goalkeeper position, I mean, being able to see the entire field as, as a leader and someone that's able to communicate well with us and someone we all respect, um, anything else you want to add to what we saw from yesterday? Yeah. <clears throat> Howard County, Friday Night League, you never know what you're going to get from the refs, which means you know exactly what you're going to get from the refs, which is just a roll of the dice. I think certainly this, the second goal was a tackle from behind uh, that led to the final goal, or sorry, the, the second goal. I mean, you saw the, the refs didn't want to hand out a yellow card, whether it was a studs of tackle, whether it was a kick of the ball 50 yards out of bounds, whether it was me screaming about how bad they were from 50 yards away so that everyone could hear. Uh, they just weren't going to give a card, and I, I kind of wanted to yell a little more just to see how far I could push it. But, um, uh, but, but you know, again, you know, when you have chances, you know, so- soccer, it's a game. It's a game where you have to put what chances you do have away, especially when, you know, it comes down to a goal or two, and it can be a game of inches sometimes. So, you know, when you get those chances, and I don't want to call anyone specifically, Brian, but. Um, you, know, you have to have to put them away. Got to put them away. Got to put them away. And, and I probably did play against these these kids' fathers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you said it, I, I I believed it partially, and like I wasn't it's, discounting that. I I mean, uh, uh, um, Opie was probably in like first grade when I started playing in this league. <laughs> <laughs> Safe wasn't born yet. Yeah, so <laughs> how, how old is Safe? Safe twenty. Yeah. No. Yeah, Safe was still in diapers. He yeah, he was. He was. But I think this was the first time a ref just actually admitted that he was starting the clock, and he didn't care if like the game could start at the same time. Yeah, that like, was. Yeah. Most refs at least have the decency to just silently defraud you, and not <laughs> openly tell you to your face. By the way, I'm starting the clock now because I want to get out of here. <laughs> so that was that was interesting. Yeah, we uh, what we did was we timed the first half just to kind of make our subs right, and uh, around 30 minutes, it's supposed to be a 40-minute half, and we said, all right, 20 minutes in, we'll make the sub. So 20 minutes in, we made the sub. The, um, the clock, we kept the clock rolling, and at around 30 minutes, the ref called the first half. So I went over and asked, hey, uh, so we had 30 minutes on the first half. What was the deal? And he said, well, we started at 9.15. And I said, yeah, well, we were... We were all here at 9.15. Both teams were there ready to play at 9.15, and we had already paid the rest for the game and everything. And then we just kind of stood there and waited for the refs whenever they were ready. And apparently that was around 10 minutes. And uh, apparently the time was ticking the entire time. So in the second half, I was like, okay, let's get out there on the field. They blow the whistle to start the second half. Our entire team's out there. And I said, well, does that mean we can start play? And he said, no, you have to wait for the other team. The other team proceeded to take at least three minutes to walk out there very slowly. Um, and also, it was just funny, like the little things that they tried doing with time-wasting, kicking the ball as far as they could. At one point, I think the, the craziest point, at the, the part that kind of frustrated me the most was, uh, and I actually didn't respond to it as loudly as I was wanting to inside myself, but um, the ball didn't go out of play. It was where it should have been thrown in at. And they had a guy literally walk. Probably took him around a minute to walk to the ball to go throw it in. Then when he finally got to throw in the ball, he dropped it for someone else to come throw it in. And I was I was very tempted to, to say something very, very badly to him. But at the same time, I was able to 
hold that in and and then continue to high press. But uh, yeah, it was just it was just funny. Um, it was funny how it all works out in the local men's league. Um, you know, you you come out there ready to play. Um, you come out there, uh, obviously going into tackles hard, going to um, going to be a physical game regardless, uh, since it is a semifinal. Um, like I said, I literally think the referees didn't bring yellow cards with them um, because I probably should have had five yellow cards yesterday um, from certain things that were said to the ref, especially after uh, after KJ got fouled and they went and scored their second goal. KJ said some things to the ref that I'm sure any ref in their right mind would have given you a yellow card for, <laughs> if not more. And um, <laughs> Yeah, and... Um, you know, they, they just kind of just took it, which <laughs> in a way, like, I respect that and kind of yeah. makes it really funny. But at the same time, like, yeah, it was it was bound to be uh, an interesting game. This but is better than they normally are, because normally they'll let you go in, like, two studs up, throw a punch and get maybe a yellow card. But if you tell the refs that they suck, you'll immediately get a yellow card. At least these refs were consistent in that they just called absolutely nothing. <laughs> But um, like I said, we also have our, our special guest, Dario, here with us. Dario, Dario is always special every time he comes with us. But, uh, you know, Dario plays on the team as well. We have um, five of us here at the table just talking about uh, our past uh, men's league game. Um, you know, last week uh, we, started to just, uh, we started to just record uh, a podcast going through just seeing how everything worked. And Dario always brings interesting, uh, very uh, high debating conversation. So um, it's great having him here with us today. But last week, you know, Dario's big thing last week is talking about playing the center midfield. He did get to play some center mid uh, the other day, (laughs) uh, yesterday. And, uh, you know, just putting Dario on. Dario, tell me a little bit about your thoughts behind yesterday's game because I'm sure... I'm sure you have some things that you want to say. When I got when I when I got to play in center mid, I wasn't in my uh, how I say my right state of mind because I had EJ's cousin right here get on my head the whole game. He was like this. As soon as I started the game, I had Vaughn on the left back, right? And I different. I was like doing pretty good with Vaughn. We were like communicating and doing like he was overlapping me. We were doing good touches, but. This boy, KJ, was just like, why are you passing back? Pass to me. Just me. You know, <laughs> I was like, listen, I like you a lot. You're, you're a very good guy. You're good, very friends, like very good friends, but I can't give you the ball all the time. What and every time he was getting my head, and my mistake was that I let him get inside my head. That's the thing that really, like, he got into my head and I couldn't play no more. Like, after, like, I was getting, I got a good ball. I don't know who crossed it in, probably, I don't know, probably was safe. And I got a good left touch in it, and I was inside the box. I don't know if you guys remember. And then I passed it in. And Kishu, come on, Dario, pass the ball, pass the ball. I was like, God. Ah. You know, Vaughn said, why is your pass? You should just take the ball. Because I could have just dribbled the guy, and that was a goal. That was a goal. But I was frustrated because <laughs> I just wanted KJ to score so he could, he could just shut up. You know, like you just got to feed the kid and just shut up, doesn't cry anymore. That's what I wanted. I wanted KJ to score a goal so he could have shut up. But it didn't happen. The ball didn't go through. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to hear his mouth all the time now. You know, we, I always say we started pretty decently. We didn't start bad. We had some negativity going on, but we started decently. 
But then we're just like talking over each other. I would say last week we were very positive, even though I got subbed on, subbed out. That was very hurtful once again. But we we were playing pretty good, and you know we we're motivating each other. You know, go go ahead, go do this. You know, we were passing the ball more. But yesterday we were just like out of it. And then when that mistake came from the back line, they scored on us. It was such a stupid goal, and everybody lost it. And it was. We just couldn't play. Anymore. I guess my thing with this. Hold up, before you go ahead, KJ. Before you go ahead, I just want to speak because there was a chance Dyer had and he hit it over, and so the ball was actually gone for like a good five minutes. But besides that, I, that was when I spoke to KJ one on one and told him, KJ. In fact, you tell them what I told you when that ball went over. You tell them perfect. what I told you. So I'm just gonna answer your question. When that ball went over, I was really livid, <laughs> to say the least, because he was right. He could honestly. I was not. Dario knows. I'm never mad when people shoot it. It's just at the point where, if you if if it's just not on, like hey, like I've told I've told anyone if it's not on one day, it's just not on. It's not gonna happen. So if someone else is possibly on, you might want to lay the ball. But that's not here or there. But when the ball went out, I was like, man, this is bad. Like one, I think the ball went all the way down the hill, like to the other side of the park. It was okay, bad. but that's besides the point. Anyway. He was like, you got to let Dario play. Obi told me one-on-one, he was like, you got to let Dario play. You know, he's getting in his own head. And I'm like, man, that really stinks. Like, I don't, I honestly, to be honest, I had no response for it because I don't know what that means. Like, I didn't really get what he was talking about. Like, what do you mean Dario's affected when I'm talking? Like, tell Dario to dribble around the people like he says he wants to. Like, I don't care. Just, just do it better. And like... I was telling you to encourage him. Encourage him, encourage him. I was like, yeah, I got you. But like, I was, I was so fizzed out of the game. I was like, oh. Because I could see you getting into his head. I, I was getting see, so mad. And I told you, I, I specifically told you, I said, Dario is not me. You can scream at me, you can cuss me out for doing what you know I can do. Yeah. But if you do it to him, you're going to make him play worse. And I said, we don't need that right now. We can talk about that tomorrow. We can talk about that after the game. And, that, and, I, and I, after he told me that, I did not say anything else to but, Dario. But then Dario got subbed out after that play. I'm pretty one of those plays in the next three, four minutes span. He was definitely out. But yeah, it was No, like once again, it was my fault for I shouldn't have let that happen, you know. I just should just like that's kept why, playing. but I know you know you know you know mentally strong enough. What was the line? Oh, I was at striker. It was you, me, Vaughn, left back. Oh, so you're on the wing. Yeah, I was on the wing. Front three was left wing Dio, KJ middle, save right. Midfield me, Jan, and John, and then backline was the same as always. See, that, the real reason I was getting so frustrated is because one, I did my little. Well, we didn't have a ball, so I got, I tried to get myself really warmed up, like you know, aerodynamic, you know, stretching okay. and stuff, like by the other side. I saw yeah. a PK shootout too on the other end. Okay. So I was like, fine. We're. I know this team. This team is actually good. I don't like to say it, but they're like the one holding midfielder, the one that crushed my ankle. Solid dude. Like he red was. Yeah, yeah. Two touch, good. three touch, whatever. He was doing his job. My thing was. Since we didn't play the guy with the dreads number 10 last time, he comes into this game as a striker. He was playing striker. That was his position. I don't know what formation they were playing. Probably a 4 or 2 was 3 he one. Last time? He was, was like playing a on the right for a while. Yeah, no, that was not him. Yes, it was him. Number 10. The one with the on, headband. Yeah. Oh, this week. I saw yeah, the, this the, week. The week when, uh, so when I, when I was like, oh, so he's new. They probably had one more other dude in the middle who was new who didn't play last time. The first 10 minutes, he's getting the ball. I'm like, okay, he's nice. Clearly, he's their go-to-ish player. That's why like he's wearing really, number 10. Yeah. I'm like, fine. He, he's playing striker, getting the ball on the wing, and he's just dri- dribbling 40 yards into the middle and then 
Honestly, they could have probably scored more goals, but we have Josh Dans in the back, so it really didn't matter. He was stopping them nine times no, out of ten. Was, no. But he'd get it from the wing and dribble 40 yards to the middle, and we couldn't stop him. So then when I kind of felt a groove, I did the same thing. I was like, Vaughn, why wouldn't you guys connect? Like, when we went down in the first ten minutes, I was like, man, we just should have scored right there. I'm mad. I don't like when we should have scored and then someone scores off a crazy, crazy bad mistake. It, that There's nothing more infuriating to me. Like, our center back, Adam, dribbles out. Unconsciously knowing that's not our model, that's not our game plan. And he's not, that's not his special. It's not as, you know, that happens, we go down. Morale, you know, whatever. Everybody's going nuts. Everyone, of course, now now everyone's blood is boiled. We want to score, we want to get back in the game. So that's why I kind of got in the mindset like, all right, if it's working one way and it's not being stopped, let's keep doing it. Like, it's like you guys were going back, which is fine. Like, every, every two minutes, we would go through our little progression of keeping the ball. But then, Every time Opie found me, he'd split me, and then I'd take three and then get fouled. Or then it'd go, we'd go through another progression, then he'd slip me again, and I'd beat three and get fouled again. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe they can't stop me if I'm in attacking. That's when I switched John at striker and put me at attacking because I was like, one, I felt like I can come get the ball more, and two, I can link up yeah, with you guys more. Basically, yeah. there was one play, Katie. You had the ball. You waited a few seconds. Nothing happened. You played it to me. I waited. You started drifting. I literally took probably four steps backwards. That's it. And I, then received the ball on the half turn and I played took you off in space. Toilet. You played to Brian and we were in. We're I was going to say, you played me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So Josh gives it to me. I'm like probably near the hash mark center, center the mid. halfway line. Gives it to me. I give it to you. I'm like, mm, nothing's on you. Give it back to me within three yards. I back up four, five, six yards and I, space. and I take 15 yard run. Brian's in on a through ball. He... Honestly, it was a good run and a yeah. good little flick. It just, just missed just it. Missed. Just missed. But the it was post. literally that simple. And you turned around to me and said two passes, and we got it. I was like, "That's what I'm like. Let's play this split." Like I don't even like playing in the sense of you play through one person. But like if when I the way I was seeing it on the other end, we weren't stopping him. Like if if anyone was stopping their number ten, it was Josh. Like Josh was coming yeah, through yeah, the middle yeah. and stopping yeah. him on his own. On his own he yeah. was coming on the wing. He would have beat Tommy. If you get slid over, he would he might not beat you, but he'd beat your zone. Yeah, so Josh would have to come free. help. Yeah. So Josh would come and stick him every time. So I was like, wow, if they're getting him in isolated every single time, and then when the, even the one dude that came in that was kind of strong and big, the, he wasn't really player yeah, wasn't, with yeah. the team, but he he attribute wise he was fine. But that's what I was saying. Like I was getting the ball. I was like, all right. I even said it. I was like, God, I'm like really on. Like give it to me. I'm I'm like not even dribbling through the middle as much. I'm yeah. just. Touch, 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 slip. And I, that's why I was getting on safe. I'm like, safe, play with me. Like, indoor-wise, we're taking two touch, we'll play. Two touch, we'll play. Even Josh off the back. It's never more than three touch from him. Playing that, like, diagonal ball, breaking lines and all that yeah. stuff. No, but, like, if you saw, like, for example, like, this one, two touches. Like, at the beginning, mm-hmm. Vaughn, me and Vaughn, we were doing that very good. Sure. Like, we were getting the ball and Vaughn was getting some crosses in and mm-hmm. I got the ball. Like, it was working pretty fine. And I was happy, with, like, with having Vaughn in the left back, like, way better than the past... The past weeks, we had some left backs that weren't even connecting with me as much. But having Vaughn, he was able to overlap with me, and I was defending for him. So I'll say, like, I mean, we started pretty okay, but then we just... More of the story, that whole going behind thing for us, is it's been a task all season. The thing is, in those kind of games, um, you, you know, you have to understand, KJ, there are players who can play no matter the situation, but there are way too many players... And just talking in general, mm-hmm. that when you're down 1-0, they can't play. I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, no, no offense to Dari, I'm not going to say it right, while you're right here. Yesterday, you looked like you couldn't play because we were down. Like, you, were, you weren't ready to rise to the occasion, no matter what. In this, you know, the tough times. 
it's good like having players who are ready to play when you're 1-0 up, 2-0 up, 3-0 up, when it's all nice, going well. But when it's 1-0 down, you need guys who have the tough mentality to say, yo, I want to get on the ball, I want to make a difference. I'm not afraid to give, have the ball, I'm not afraid to receive it. I'm not afraid to you know, play to make a difference. And I think that's what you're saying, that you were one of those players who were not afraid exactly. to make a difference. Yeah. But there were still players who were <coughs> thinking they could do the same thing as when we're 3-0 up, mm-hmm. be relaxed or you know, hide. I mean, what did we say last week? At the same time last week, we said coming into the semifinals, the semifinals, last four teams, we were going to come out, we were going to pressure them, we are going to be aggressive, same model, high press. Even before the game, Josh was like, we're going to press them, but we're not going to, it's not going to be sporadic. Free, yeah. It's not going to be all, everyone swarming. We're going to show that we're there and we're going to back off. I felt like three, like the, every other week, it's like the three, four, five people like, Wow, it's actually the semifinals. Yes, it's men's league. Like even for me, it's men's league, but it's the semifinals. I want that trophy that's at the you, end of the thing. And like, that's the thing. People were that thinking. That was my mindset. People were thinking this is semifinals, blah, blah. We're down one zero. I don't want to get on the ball if, if I make a mistake. Exactly. Yeah. Bro, it's gonna happen. That's what happened with the second goal they scored. Yeah. I got the ball from the back, played it to you. I was like, you know, you're gonna play it back. We're in a tough, we're in a tough situation. And literally, I was like, I wouldn't want anyone else passing me the ball and I giving it back. But like, you lost it and they scored. And I, I think like, people are scared to make those kind of exactly, mistakes. It did yeah. cost us the game. Mm-hmm. But we're never going to play if we don't do that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you guys hear me. When we go down or something like that, I'm asking, just give me the ball. Give me the ball, right? At the same time, like, I will, like, open. Uh, all right, so as a center back, I'm playing as a left center back. If our defensive center midfielder checks within two feet of me and asks for the ball and there's no one near him, I will literally roll him the ball and say, go do whatever you want to do. Because as a center back, that's not my job to be the guy that's splitting all the lines all the time, okay, or even switching field side to side. My job is to find the simplest option and allow him to create out of the back, especially someone with a skill set like Opie in order to do something like that. And he's very shifty on the ball, is able to change directions, find the open pass and break lines. I'm capable of doing that as well. I'm not as, I'm a completely different player as Opie, but at the same time, I'd rather Opie do that than me, and I recognize that. And I recognize that's not necessarily my best attribute. So if he's checking two, there's a few times he'll check two, and there'll be a guy semi in his region, and I might not give it to him. I might give it to him the next time in the same kind of situation, but I'm not going to give it to him every single time. I'll give it to him most times that he's right there wide open. Um, But sometimes I might find the other center midfielder. I might find the outside back. I might split and find the forward. I might find. I might see that, you know what, Brian is on my side. I know he's going to hold up the ball every single time. I'm going to play him a ball right to his chest. He can bring it down, and then we can go through with it. I'm not going to play Brian every single time I get the ball. But that kind of has – you have to have that level of confidence that, you know, I lose the ball throughout the game. And you know what, my first thing is, hey, I got it. That's me, you know. If someone says something, yeah, you know what, that's me. Uh, I think one point, you know, Vaughn played me a ball back and I wasn't expecting him to play it at all. Like I was looking to see if there was anyone around me mm-hmm. and it was a harder pass than I expected and I just went to go clear it and I completely mishit it and it went out. Cool, you know what, did I think about that the rest of the game? I, I didn't even remember it until like five seconds ago. Exactly. You know, like it, it happened. I was like, okay, cool, like whatever. I'm probably going to go and, and connect with my next 10 passes so it doesn't bother me. Exactly. Um, so with that being said, you know, the mentality behind when you play is a big, a huge part of the game that a lot of people just kind of, you know, oh, this player is so big, he's fast, he's strong, he's phys- uh, he's, he's, he can keep the ball, he's technical. Mm-hmm. But some of the best players I know don't ever play at the next level or don't ever become anything because they're just so in their head. Every single time something bad happens, it compounds and gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And then something else bad happens. And after a while, they stub themselves off. 
because they're just so just out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's happened this year with several players that, you know, there are some players that play with us um, that uh, did not I – mean, they haven't been here recently in the past few weeks, but they didn't have a bad season in the U23s, and they had confidence, but they lost some of that confidence. And when their confidence deteriorated and people started getting on them week after week after week, then they became a completely different player and then became a liability and then kind of even realized that. So when when that happens, you know, like I, I think, you know, as Americans, like we want everything all like politically correct all the time, being so nice to everyone. And, oh, you know what? We play so much better. Yeah, you know, what? I play better when everyone's positive, too. But I also want people that hold me accountable, that are going to be honest with me and not just feed me whatever I want to hear. Because along somewhere down the line, you're going to run into people that are real with you. And if you can't handle that, then that's going to be a huge problem, especially in your development as a player. So, you know, originally when we started up this team, like, uh, it was just a Friday night. Some of the guys from U23s and a few of my buddies wanted to do a Friday night men's league team just for fun. Uh, well, they, they just wanted to keep playing after the U23 season. So we entered this league uh, with a few of our younger guys, guys that are home for college. I mean, KJ's going back to college. Uh, he took a semester off and is going back. Um, we have some guys that have played with our futsal group, guys that uh, have played men's league before. Uh, some of my friends as well that really just want to keep playing. But my main goal in all this originally was just to kind of be on the sidelines, like run subs and just do my thing. And a couple weeks in, I realized, yeah, this isn't going to cut it. I need to step out there and I need to at least demonstrate what I want and not necessarily be in a full-time thing where I'm always out there playing. But like I, I still can step on there and do a job uh, in a local men's league setting yeah, you know what, along the way, I'm probably going to get injured at least once a season pretty badly because that's just the way I play. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, like, I really want to step on and be able to help these younger guys out in any way possible, um, give them that feedback, that advice, the real honest things they need to hear. Um, and, you know, this, I mean, in years past, like, guys that have been around U23s, you know, Dario was here two seasons ago with U23s. Um, the first two years, and we we held a we had a U twenty three team with the Kings. I was only at a handful of practices. Am I right? Like, even at the games, I didn't come to many games because it was just I had full faith. I still have full faith that EJ runs U twenty threes and does all that. But what I realized after the first two seasons was that you know I wasn't really getting to know the players as personally as I wanted to, and getting to hear their stories and being able to just see exactly who they were as people. And, you know, no matter how, even if I saw them play in practice at the games, I needed to know a little bit more about them. So this past year, you know, I was at everything with U23s throughout the summer. One, because I moved up closer in this area. I moved up really for that reason, to be more involved. Um, but also being able to get to know these uh, these younger guys as much as possible, uh, be able to be a positive influence with them, and also show face with them, let them know that, you know, I want to invest in their lives as well. Um and it was great. I loved it and plan on doing the same this upcoming year with the U23s uh, in 2019. And uh, we're, we're, we're planning on going full steam ahead with that. And uh, I'm definitely excited. But, you know, our, our next thing, now that we've concluded our, our, our fall men's league, um, we have a few other things coming up. Um, we're going to, as far, as far as men's league is concerned, we're going to enter the same league uh, for the winter season, most likely. Uh, they play in January through March. Uh, we've already expressed interest in putting a team in. We're going to talk with the guys, see what the interest is like in terms of numbers. I'm sure we'll have enough regardless uh, compared to the player pool of guys. 
Uh, for the fall, you know, a lot of people reached out. I tried to keep it nice and close so that way everyone had a lot of playing time. You know, throughout the summer, we have a pool of over 60-some guys that want to come on out and play and show up to training and do all this. And come game day, it's hard to pick a roster with as many guys we have. I'd rather in the fall, you know, just get a group of guys, come play. You show up, you have a couple subs. We've had one, two, three subs the past few weeks. Um, and that allowed one game, you know, we started with, with zero subs, which is fine. But, you know, um, Gives us just some time on the field, being able to get your. Uh, after the long, a lot, of, a lot of these guys work throughout the week. After a long work week, come in, uh, have some fun on a Friday night, and play. Um, from there too, you know, yesterday uh, we made the announcement that uh, Pro Soccer Alliance will be uh, in full action in 2019. We have a few interested parties from the outside. Last year we had uh, four teams in the Baltimore Kings, uh, Washington Fire. Pittsburgh Ironhawks and Eastern Shore Impact that we were able to play in Major League Futsal together last year uh, and really plan what we were doing going forward, help build each market out, and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, this year, we actually have some other people reaching out uh, that are involved. Uh, a group from Philadelphia will be playing a few games. They won't be as a part of, uh, like, a f- full part of Pro Soccer Alliance, but they're going to be playing a few games against us, um, a team called the Philadelphia Quakers. Uh, a team out of Delaware, in central Delaware, um, that has a, a men's futsal league with over 30 teams in it. Uh, they pull players all throughout mm-hmm. Delaware, uh, Maryland Eastern Shore. Um, they've kind of formed an all-star team with those guys, and they don't have any competition out that way. They haven't played much at all, and they wanted to invite us out. So the Kings are going to head out that way and play a game. Um, Philly is going to host the Baltimore Kings as well. Uh, in an indoor match in March, just because it's so cold out. They wouldn't necessarily get a lot of people to come out to an outdoor game in March. In April, we are going to host um, a game. Uh, we're going to play against Eastern Shore. Um, actually, the, the, the venue that we've, we've actually already have booked is in Baltimore County. We haven't made the announcement yet, um, but we have the venue already set. Um, it'll be a nice little... Uh, Nice little place for us to play, and we've been able to establish a relationship with a local uh, school that allows us to do that now, which is nice because in the past, one of the big issues that we've had is just maintaining a consistent facility and somewhere we can call our home. Uh, So now it's nice being able to work with uh, someone that wants to partner up in all this. Uh, And then after that comes, uh, we want to actually have a a women's professional team game in April as well, um, preferably at that same event where we're able to kind of do a doubleheader with our women's team and men's team. Uh, May, June, and July, uh, we're going to have our futsal season, very similar to last year. The way it works is uh, there's one uh, event a month. Uh, all four teams show up to that venue. Uh, each plays two games, and you move on to the next month. Uh, it's going to be called the Futsal Premier League, uh, all under Pro Soccer Alliance. So each team will play uh, two games at each event. There'll be six games total. At the end of it, um, the, the top team will end up uh, being the champion of it. Um, just a nice little May, June, July uh, time frame that we can get uh, guys playing in. And then come August, there's actually a team out in Dallas that we're building right now. Uh, we have relationships with, with a few key people in Dallas that are working on making this operation work out that way. We'll be more information on it as well. Uh, they're going to be called the Dallas-Fort Worth Dragons. Um, we have already talked to facilities out that way. Uh, we've talked to a few players that we know out that way, as well as potentially holding tryouts out there too. Um, what we're going to do is rather than going out to Phoenix like we did last year for a trip, 
we're going to take a group of guys that want to go out to a weekend to Dallas, uh, not make it a full week thing, but like leave on a Friday or leave on a uh, late on a Thursday night, uh, head on out there for a match um, on a Saturday in the afternoon around one, head back and be able to make it so that way people can have a uh, not have to worry about missing a full week of work to head all the way to Phoenix to go play in uh, matches that were just kind of underwhelming. So the good thing about that, too, is I have family out that way. I already have um, the stay booked for when we do go out there. Um, Pod everyone in advance, just like we did with Phoenix, go out there end the summer. You know, August, people are still on summer vacation, too. So we can get a good group of guys to go out there the first week of August. Um, and then also um, to kind of close out that summer, um, on in the Eastern Shore, um, a lot of people at the end of summer end up going to the beach one last time. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do an event in Ocean City, uh, and have uh, we're going to go actually looking to partner with a facility in the city, so that way we can have the game as close to the beach as possible. The day of, get there, you know, maybe even get there the day before, promote the event, get as many people on the beach as possible coming out to the game, and have a nice little event out that way to close out the summer. Some guys will go back to college after then or do whatever. But then in September, being able to uh, uh, being able to have a game, Philadelphia wants to have a game against Pittsburgh as kind of like a Pennsylvania rivalry. And then in Baltimore, we want to host our, uh, our annual uh, kind of big game that we have in September. So looking forward to 2019. It's pretty exciting that we've already have a, a, a good set schedule developed. Uh, we haven't announced the, the full dates, but have a good time frame when everything's going to be. We've talked, we've set few dates already. Uh, we just need to, to square away all the details, which should be done within the next month. Um, the The bigger announcement that we do have too is that I know uh, we've tried to keep it under wraps and not promote it as much as possible because one, um, it is very late in the year here and. Uh, not many people uh, want to come out to an outdoor soccer game in the cold, but at the same time want to make sure that uh, we're able to do something in 2019 with our pro outdoor team. So um, we're actually announcing that uh, this upcoming Saturday, so today's Saturday, but next Saturday, uh, we're going to be holding a friendly uh, a pro team match between Baltimore Kings and the Washington Fire. Um, we're going to be playing that match at Concordia Prep at 1 p.m., we're going to begin promotion of it. We're going to start posting everything through social media this, this next uh, week. We're really going to be pushing to try and get some people out to the game. Uh, it's not going to be as big as our, our previous events that we've had, but it will be fun to get people to come out. Um, some of our players are also coaches, and uh, we've reached out to uh, the local community as well and trying to get some of these kids to come out to the match. Um, some players have already we've, – we've talked to players that we want to play in the match. We're going to talk to a few more in the next few days, finalize everything, and uh, really get going here for next weekend. So, once again, that's next Saturday at 1 p.m. at Concordia. We're going to have a match. Um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun game. Uh, last fall, we held a match at Concordia, and we were able to get a ton of people to come watch. Uh, we did a good amount of promotion for it. Um, but – Right now, our main sets, our main goal is set towards uh, 2019, and, and really having this full season of uh, of 21 games at least that are going to be playing, being played in 2019, 
that doesn't include our U23 schedule. You know, we're already looking to reschedule matches with DC United's U23s from last year. And also now that we have an Eastern Shore actual physical product on the Eastern Shore, we're going to have a U23 team on the Eastern Shore. We're also looking to actually have a team in D.C. that trains twice a week on Monday, Wednesdays under the Washington Fire. And then the team in Baltimore, the Baltimore Kings, is going to train on Tuesdays and Fridays. So we're going to have two little hubs where if you want to train four days a week and you want to go down to Baltimore for two weeks or go up to Baltimore for two weeks or two days, that's awesome. If you want to then turn around and go to D.C. two of those days, that's fine too. You can go four days a week or you can spend two days with the Washington team and that's it. Two days with the Baltimore team, that's it. We've had guys in the past, a lot of guys travel from the D.C., Northern Virginia area or even P.G. County. It would be a lot easier for them to do something in the Washington area and not have to worry about making that drive and try to get to practice at 6.30 against traffic. So um, it will be convenient for some other people just so that way. Now that we actually have that interest and people are, and we're expanding what we're doing, um, it's nice having everything kind of played out. Um, but what we're going to do real quick is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get back to everything in a second. We'll talk a little bit more about um, the guys we have here, uh, some of their past soccer experiences, and uh, we'll be uh, looking to uh, just wrap things up here and uh, looking forward to our upcoming game. All right, guys, we're back. Um, once again, we have Opie, Dario, KJ, and Brian around the table here. Uh, we're going to get back into our <laughs> local men's league that we play in, even though it's, like I said, just a men's league that goes on throughout the week. Um, it does allow us to get together um, as a group and talk about the games, um, talk about what we have going on. It's definitely going to be different these next few weeks. feels like we've been playing every Friday night yeah, for the past like months. five months, you know? Um, it's going to be weird not having anything to do on a Friday night for a couple weeks until January kicks back off. But, uh, but yeah, so um, getting back into the game, just in our break, you know, we brought back up the game, had some interesting conversation about what was going on. Uh, I know KJ especially, uh, we were talking about just, um, just personnel that we have, uh, the way that we like to play, and then also just uh, the other team that we played against the other day uh, was a decent team. They had some decent players that liked to move and pass the ball. And in any way, I mean, we even though we want to play a certain way, we do respect when other teams are able to possess and keep the ball as well, work it well, and have decent players. I mean, I thought their their number ten, their forward, their defensive center, midfielder, their goalkeeper even was a, a decent asset to them. So with that being said, you know, I know KJ was talking a little bit uh, during the break. Um, so, KJ, tell us a little bit more about the other team we played against, our game uh, yesterday. Well, like you mentioned, their goalie, I honestly don't remember him from the last time. He, has to, he wasn't he, there. He, yeah, he he was a key factor for them yeah. the whole game. I mean, just from, I guess, I don't know if they picked a goalie based on our personnel, like how we play quick and, and behind and try to, you know, get 1v1s and slip through balls. Because he was he he was pretty fast. Like he seemed younger too. Yeah. He seemed like probably in his early twenties. Probably our age, exactly. He he, he he said it was a goose save. Oh, Brian, he, he just took that out the corner, but he yeah. just held that. No, the one that he grabbed, like he was a very like was on Marcus's. Marcus's was that Marcus's? Yeah. When I held the ball, played it back. That, yep. was, that was a good oh, yeah. shot from Marcus, and that was a yeah. Good. Like like John said, the center defensive mid did his job. I mean, more than two touch, talking to the rest of his team. Even I think there was two holding midfielders, like different different kind of uh, play styles. Yes, but they were both very influential. My me personally, because I was I guess I was more forward throughout the game. The player that probably impressed me the most was their center back. 
That's the, the center back. I mean, every time I got through, Lost ditch tackle, he. Lost I mean, every single time, it was a slide tackle. I mean, I I didn't complain about one tackle he did on me the whole game because every tackle he came through and got the ball, took me out in the way, like one v one every single time. He probably had six tackles throughout the game, first half, second half combined. It was he was he was. I mean, as a soccer player, you you tip your hat tip your hat out to people like that because. They're doing their job just as well as you're doing your job, but even even more so the other day was better. I wish I could have got that one back at the at the end of the game. I really wish it probably was on target. Yeah, probably should have put that away. But in Anything terms of in terms of this is what I meant to say, Dario. You played in the wing. We started Gian and John. They did the same thing. Opie, Opie could hear. I mean, you guys can hear me. Opie can. Opie hears me most. Now that I play striker, I mean, my first position. I'll, I'm seeing. So from playing striker, then to have adapted to midfield, I'm seeing what. Well, from all summer, what my coaches have been asking of me on the ball, getting the ball, movement off the ball, supporting the ball, and then I see my midfielders one higher than me. And then, two, when we lose the ball, I'm outrunning them to get back on defense. I mean, I couldn't count how many times yesterday. I was like, you guys, you guys are midfielders. You guys switch back on. Like, even if you lose it, like, switch back on. I hated midfield the first, like, three months I, I finally got into it. I was like, wow, I'm, gonna, I'm a striker. I can't go up and down. This is the worst. Playing him next to Opie, I mean, he keeps me very sane because he, he really is vocal. He's, he's the leader on the field as well as Josh in the back and Brian even behind us. They just organize us all the time. So just seeing from the strike position our midfielders and how many times we were caught out of position. I mean, if John was there, he'd probably tell you he didn't have his best game. Gian, probably the same thing. But and from last week's game to this week's game, I just felt like our midfield wasn't as strong. So Opie did his job per usual, you know, stringing passes, breaking up the attack always. But in terms of the linkage, pit, linkage play, through balls, probably even – Chances created, it was only coming once John, John every... John created a couple with you, one-twos and stuff. It was just so sporadic because I can't... I don't... Honestly, only because I know John, I just don't know where he feels comfortable because, like, he he's he has that that midfield mind, connecting, dribbling, you know? He looks like you know? a 10. Exactly. He doesn't have that switch on, oh, man, I lost the ball, or, oh, man, someone else lost the ball. I need to get him. I have to get back. back. I have to get back. We could say he's an ill-disciplined 10. Very, very ill-disciplined because I, even me, I'm like, yo, John, you have to get back. Like, that 20-yard run you got to make, you got to do that this second. Like, I can't make it. Even the wingers know. I got on Dario yesterday. He said I was in his head. That's because, one, I hold Dario to a high standard. Me and Dario talk soccer all the time, so I hold him to a high standard. Semifinals especially. I felt in a great groove yesterday, so I wanted – him to match me in that group in that aspect of playing with each other like I know we can do it like two v four in the attacking third it can be that easy you know that's that was my idea going into the game so that was, was where my frustration I guess originally initiated where I was trying to connect and he was going back and I was like just play me it wasn't even about me 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 it was more like let's play together and then like let's beat them by ourselves look for me exactly like look for me that's how we play midfield, exactly. me and you. In fact, that's how I play with everyone in midfield. Because John told me the same and Gian told me the same, both yesterday, mm -hmm. before and after the game. It's like, you need to know, yo, if we're struggling or I need to step up, there's certain guys I can look to 
I know they're going to bail me out. They're going to look for me. Like Josh said, back. our center back, if we're down, wants the ball at his feet because he knows, one, he can settle us down. Two, he can calm the game down. Three, get us back into the style we want to play. And if we're doing all those things, we'll get back in the game. We'll get our shots. Chances will be created. Yeah. I mean, I'm a firm believer that, you know, I'm a firm believer that no matter when, no matter what's going on in the game, whether you're down, up, you have to play with the same mentality and the same intensity every single second you're out there, and you have to want something more than just to win. If you're out there just to win, then you're going to end up changing your style a hundred times a game. You know, if you're trying to change the game by keeping the ball and moving it, and regardless whether you're losing seven nothing or winning seven nothing, playing the same way and dominating the ball and working the ball, that team's not going to play you. Teams are not going to step out in the field and get passed around and not have the ball for 80% of the game. They're not going to want to play you. You know, even if they score seven goals, they're not going to get fully, like, they're going to be like, yeah, I touched the ball five times today. Like, that wasn't fun. You know, I don't want teams to have fun when they play against us. And I want them to dread playing against us and think, oh, you know what? They're going to knock the ball around. Make us chase. Um, and, yeah, exactly. And chase the entire game. Yeah. There's, a lot of op- there's a lot of times throughout the game. And, you know, I don't think in just a Friday night men's league, we don't have the personnel to, to consistently play a certain way. So, you know, in, in a perfect world for me, I, I'd like to have two outside backs that are bombing up the line the entire time giving us width, have four center midfielders that are able to all keep the ball and have two forwards that are able to consistently push high. You know, that's the way we play, tried to play with U23 throughout the summer. And when it worked, it worked. And other teams would get so frustrated and they could not touch the ball. But with that, you're going to need a super fit outside back on each side that is able to go up and down the pitch. The left back has to be left-footed that's going to be going up and down. The right back has to be right-footed that's going up and down the line. Who's going to be disciplined, get back. The two center backs you need, too, need to be able to put in bone-crunching tackles when we do lose possession of the ball, not afraid to stick someone. Also have a defensive center midfielder that's going to stay home, not migrate out of their position, and is comfortable with just swinging the field and playing possession out of the back. Then with that, having other midfielders that are going to want to check back, receive the ball, wingers that are going to tuck into the midfield and want the ball, too, where... Before you know it, you have six guys in the center mid that are just passing around everyone, yet two forwards and two high-attacking outside backs still in the mix that you can still play through to, you know? But with that, there has to be a level of discipline, and that is tough to find those players with that discipline. You can find technical players that are good on the ball, guys that are going to keep possession, but guys that are going to, if we, oh, good, pass, 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 then we lose the ball, is it just... Uh, 4v are two center backs, you know, Um, and that, but at the same time, knowing that, you know, we're dictating the fact that, hey, if our outside backs are pushing high, I have a pretty firm belief that our, their wingers aren't going to push up as high. You know, we're dictating what their wingers are doing. We're dictating what their center mids are doing. What, like if our center, if our, uh, if our, if our forwards are pushed high, our two forwards in a 4-4-2 with a diamond midfield, if our two forwards are pushed high and our outside backs are also almost on their back line, all four backs are all occupied, which means that if one forward made an unselfish run towards the side and drew a center back with them, that opens up a Mack truck for someone like a Gavin to just dribble right through the middle past everyone. When someone does commit, you have four guys making runs off the ball for you to choose from. Which one do you want to score? 
you know? And that's something that we necessarily don't have playing in a, in a Friday men's league, but, you know, we're looking to build and find that personnel in order to do it the next level. So, um, you know, with U23s, it's, a, it's an interesting group where, you know, we have some guys that are really good throughout the summer that are consistent, that come in. Um, but at the same time, it's only for a couple months throughout the summer. Then guys go back to their college seasons. Some guys come in and say, hey, I'm going to be here for three weeks. I can come play with you guys for three weeks. Can you teach them that philosophy and the way to play? Because they've been ingrained so much with that college philosophy of going direct, 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 over and over and over again their entire life. By the time they're in two and a half weeks, they're just starting to learn it, and then they're gone. So, you know, what's happened is you have people like Joseph Foy, like someone like Joe who came in his first year and was someone that we we didn't even, like, we, we almost cut him. We're like, dude, like this guy, like he didn't have a good tryout. Like I don't really know about him. And then just stuck in with it and like didn't make the first couple rosters and by the end of the year was starting for us. He then comes back the second year, kills it, starts every single game in the center mid. By the third year, he's the most consistent player on the team and knows exactly what he's doing because he's been here for three years. And that's something that that takes time to build. And can you imagine that once he graduates college and moves back in the area and we have these guys that then learned that system in the U23s, then we have them built up where they're 24, 25, 26 years old and then able to push on to the next level. You know, that's awesome. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but from a source that I have, I was told that within the next week or so, we should be hearing that one of our guys is looking to sign another professional contract based on their performance recently um, here in the United States. So, you know, those are things that we look to build where, yes, we want to build that foundation around good players, but I know for a fact that if someone comes out and watches us play in that sort of style, uh, any sort of professional scout, any agent that I send it out to, if I send film of us playing like that to anyone, they're going to look at it and be like, wow, like this is in the United States. These guys are working the ball like this. These guys are disciplined players. Like These are players that do exist here but just haven't been given the right philosophy to play and play, are used to playing so direct, used to playing in a style that, you know, you, you want results. College coaches are always being forced to, hey, you know, if you're not – if you – win if you don't win x amount of games this year you're going to get fired um rather than hey look i'll let you build your system the way you want to build it and we'll see what happens over the next five years um and with that being said like it takes that much time in order to build something and change people's mindset um people are surprised oh how did the u.s lose to england what was it three nothing the other day yep. right i didn't i didn't end up watching the game i i, I was completely was out doing other things but like yeah, people. Yeah, well, people online, they're like, oh, like the United States, like what's going on with the U.S.? What's going on with the U.S.? They're playing against a team that was probably the best team in the world, yep. you know, um, in, in this past summer, exactly. you know, uh, and have some of the best personnel and, and the consistency that need and the, one of the best coaches in the world, you know. So with that being said, you know, oh, what's going on with the United States? What's going on? What's going on? It's because every single time we bring someone in that knows what they're doing or thinks they know what they're, knows what they're doing, we don't give them a chance. We give them a couple years. Hey, you know what? We'll give you one World Cup to see what happens. And if you lose three games in a row, then everyone's calling for your head. And that's, I mean, it's like that everywhere in the world too. But, you know, we have to change that way of thinking first and really develop these youth here in the United States. And, you know, it starts with the youth level. 
But then once they graduate from the youth level, once they're past U18, beyond that, there's really not a lot of options for them. They, they go play in college, they go play in community college, they go play men's league. But beyond that, there's not really much of an option for them to play. So if we're able to just build additional options in the meantime, have someone that is right out of college or looking to leave college, uh, give them a couple uh, give them a year, give them a couple months in our system, see if we can help promote them, market them in any way possible, and then send them out elsewhere. That's awesome. If they have a full-time job and they're looking just to play soccer in the meantime and, uh, and want, to just, want to just continue playing at the highest level possible, then that's fine too. Those are the two main types of players that we look for. I mean, myself, you know, I used to play at a higher level. Now, for me, like, I have a full-time job. I have a five-year-old daughter. I'm here in Baltimore. I'm never leaving. I want to I want to play at a high level still, and I feel like I can. So, you know, I, it's that wasn't the original reason why we started the Kings. The main reason was to showcase those younger players that are looking to do something at the next level. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, we have, we have a great group of guys that that are here with us right now, um, guys that all mean well, that are trying to push on to something bigger than just themselves and, and help. And even our older guys that have been around that don't look to play on the next level, maybe they're all able to offer some sort of, uh, some sort of insight uh, and, and, and advice to some of these younger guys. Um, and it, it really does feel good and looks good when we see these guys go on to the next level. But um, with, with that being said, you know, we, we, have, we have a lot to look forward to here in 2019. We got some guys coming in. Um, that, that are really exciting to watch. Uh, and this upcoming weekend here, um, uh, it's going to be the day after Black Friday, Saturday at Concordia Prep at 1 p.m. We'll get to showcase some of these guys. Uh, you'll see some familiar faces, guys that have featured for us before, some guys that play with their U23s over the past couple years that are now graduated or guys that you know play with us this past summer, uh, and then also some entirely new faces that, uh, that will be exciting to watch and see out there on the field. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I mean, one of the big factors that we've had success with this through our U23 season, as well as uh, with our, our men's league team, um, we, we've, we've been blessed to have someone like, uh, Opie, who's been able to come here, uh, and, uh, you know, wasn't originally from the area, moved here. We were blessed to find out he literally lived right around the corner from where I moved to, um, and has been a consistent presence, whether it's just even coming out to pick up throughout the week or throughout the summer, being a consistent presence with the guys, um, coming out and being a leader on the field, uh, helping organize, being very demanding of the guys and telling them how it is. Um, with the experience of playing uh, at a high level, uh, Opie's been a great asset to us this fall and, and uh, definitely sees the game a little bit differently from from most of our players with that mental toughness. Uh, and then also bringing in someone like Brian Gruder. You know, uh, Brian has been playing men's league in the area for a very long time and knows a lot about a lot about these local leagues. And he has been able to be a consistent presence of someone that we can rely on. And we know, I mean, a lot of these men's league teams, it's tough to find a consistent goalkeeper that you can rely on that's going to come out on a daily basis. And all of us have played on men's league teams where we show up to games and been like, hey, who's jumping in goal for the first half? Or, hey, well, you know what, I'll get second half. And then second half roll around and be like, yeah, I'm not playing goal. You're stuck in goal for second half too. I was trying to get someone to volunteer, right? But the fact that we have, I mean, even, even someone like Josh that came out, you know, Josh is learning and Josh is... Uh, been helping us out, but you know Josh couldn't. Josh lives like close to an hour away. Um, Josh Escobar, and um, you know 
he he's he's learning. He, he's picking up things as he goes. But you know, he, he was sick yesterday and still came out in a freezing cold game just to be there and watch. Um, and worst case, knew that if Brian went down, he didn't want um, he didn't want us suffering without a goalie and would probably have stood in there for us. Um, and there have been weeks that you know we we've had to rely on him as well. But you know, Brian came in. Um, Brian Gruder came in our first. Uh, um, or I guess last year, and uh, uh, we, we recommended that he play some futsal with us and, and work on his footwork and has was just instantly, instantly was a big change in our futsal team. We had Cody Keister that was helping us out as well. He had played futsal keeper for us the first year. But Brian came in, made an instant impact, um, and was was standing on his head to make saves. Um, as a as a futsal keeper, it's really important that you provide a big presence, and Brian does do that. He gets down low, cuts off angles, and is able to judge those little things. Um, went to regionals with us last year, um, and then also um, played uh, in Major League Futsal for us and was our was our keeper. And, you know, we won every single game between him and Eduardo. Uh, had quite a few games that really didn't give the other opportunity the other team many opportunities to score just based on their their big presence coming out big uh brian one of the biggest things that he has in his skill set is just like i said coming out low um being able to get a body a piece on the ball and also surprisingly being able to move as well as he does for a big guy being able to get down being able to i mean make some saves that i'm like wow brian those are world-class saves so um was uh really impressed with that and i mean i can't talk Enough about one of the refs in the fast. He said you get down pretty well for a fat guy. I was like, thanks. Yeah, you're not a good ref, but thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, but but it's true. Like when 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 you're bigger, uh, Brian's a big guy. Uh, when you're bigger and you're able to get down low, uh, and and stand in front of a futsal goal, you're gonna take some shots. I'm sure there are times where Brian got hit in the neck, face, every part of his body. Tony, um, if you're listening, most of those was you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Tony's another one. Tony, uh, Tony's done a great job with us. Went over to Sweden um, and uh, ended up coming back here after playing a year in Sweden. His team got promoted with Stafford and is currently training with a team, and there might be some good news, hint, hint, maybe coming soon regarding something that he's doing. So, um so yeah, I mean, we'll continue to keep you in the loop about players. Now that the season's over, um, I, I still want to have some of these guys, these players, filter in, talk about uh, stuff that's going on international soccer, um, stuff that's going on EPL, La Liga, um, as well as um, what we have coming up here with the Kings. Um, talking about players that we that are alumni that used to play with us, um, bringing on some of those guys in the show talking about different issues and different things in the game like mental toughness, uh, the importance of, of keeping possession of the ball as a form of defense, um, importance of scoring as a form of defense, and then um, looking forward to what we have coming up here in 2019 uh, as well as um, in, the, uh, in the winter, throughout the winter with our men's league. And like I said, like, you know, it's funny that we're talking about men's league soccer so much and I mean, the title of the show is Pro Soccer Talk, but, you know, these guys um, that we have playing with us, uh, it's it, it's it's a lot of fun on a regular basis to be playing with them, getting to know them, and allowing them to kind of learn our style because some of these guys will be featured with our pro team, um, and it's a way for them to play consistently throughout the year. 
uh, our pro team does not play on a consistent basis with a year-round schedule where you're training throughout the year. Um, what we do is we bring in guys for games. We contract them to play either a game or throughout the year, whenever they can make it. Uh, they come out um, and uh, we'll, um, we'll compensate them for their time, but then also... Um, but then also we don't we don't train regularly, so these guys have to play men's league. These guys have to do other things in order to keep fit. Um, playing in local men's league for some of these guys is a solution. Others do really well training on their own, uh, or play for other teams. Play in Maryland majors, another great league. Um, some players that play on our team also play on Maryland, Maryland majors. Uh, some great teams that have come out and had good uh, performances uh, regionally and nationally from Maryland. So, uh, with that being said, you know. Um, I wanted to also just, you know, talk about in terms of before we close here, in terms of uh, what you're really looking for. I mean, someone like Opie, like I mentioned, he came in here, is here locally working full time now, um, played in college afterwards, came back, got a job, works full time throughout the day. Uh, just, just briefly tell me about like the balance that you have to find between working full time and then also kind of developing and and maintaining your craft as a high-level elite soccer player. Yeah, well, Josh basically summed up everything there. So um, obviously I played college, um, finished up playing college, got a job, and so I worked full-time. But um, I first worked around four months before I um, got back to playing soccer. So I was working full-time, but just, you know, lifting, going to the gym, you know, playing, um, just playing in like different parks and stuff alone, just stuff like that before I got the opportunity to come to the Kings. And then that just changed everything because um, once that happened, um, yeah, it was difficult. First, um, so we started with the under 23s in summer. So I was working and then coming back to um, play soccer in the evenings. And uh, at first it was a tough, um, I felt like I was in college again, to be honest, you know, having to work and then go and train and practice. But, um, the balance is, uh, as you go on, you find it easier to balance everything. Like, you do what you need to do. So you stretch, you, you know, you stay hydrated throughout the day, you roll out, you do whatever you need to do just so that you're still, your body feels right. You don't get um, any, you know, let's say some stiffness, soreness of muscles. You do what you need to do, you know, work nine to five and then go home, eat, get out to uh, practice, the King's practice around 6.30, 7.00. Go home, roll out, stretch, whatever, eat again, relax, go to sleep, wake up. So that's the cycle, you know, every day. But um, I'm just trying to stay, you know, fit and because obviously I'm from Europe. So, you know, you never know when an opportunity could be around. You know, I know different, you know, contacts in Europe. So, you know, like I said, um, just kind of just using this opportunity to stay fit, stay competitive, stay focused, work hard, do what I need to do. You never know when an opportunity could arise. And um, yeah, I'm just grateful to the Kings for, you know, letting me compete, uh, play at a high level and, you know, hopefully I'll see you guys next weekend in the yeah. pro game. Yeah, no, and speaking to that balance, you know, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people don't realize the, the less than glamorous life of uh, professional soccer in the United States and just think everyone is just living these great lives where it's not necessarily the case. Uh, they're really struggling to make ends meet. So with, with all that, um, being able to find that balance of, of working, making money, um, and, you know, you get done, done a long work day, the last thing you want to do sometimes is go train. Um, so being able to hype yourself up for that really does say a lot. Um, 
and it takes a certain level of drive and passion. The people that are able to do that consistently um, are someone that really gains my respect because I mean, I've had to do it for a while now. I still, you know, I don't train like I used to. I don't train full time. I don't do any of that anymore. Um, I still am able to to train a few times to to go to the gym after work to go on runs. Uh, starting this upcoming week, I'm actually beginning to train for uh, my second marathon, and, and I'm going to train for the next 16 weeks and want to uh, want to do really well. Uh, the first marathon I ran, I I, I got injured uh, halfway through, and over halfway, a little over halfway through, and and want to uh, kind of redeem myself for that. And after having spent 16 weeks training for it, and then to get injured uh, in the marathon, and then still finish, but uh, not getting the time I wanted really kind of eats at me. So running the same marathon again in March, 16 weeks away, starting this upcoming Monday. So I'll be running every day, uh, but that's not everything. Just because you're out there running, if you go and run every single day, don't get touched on the ball. If you're not um, really mentally prepared or not there showing up the field, spend that time on the drive to the field, mentally preparing yourself. You don't have the time that you do playing at a professional level uh, um, on a consistent basis, like that you have in the locker room before the games, the three hours before, start mentally prepare, take a shower at the field, you know, go out, have a kick around before the game. You don't have that, you know, you don't have that same experience. You have to be able to, to operate in a quicker basis. And, you know, that's just the path that some of us have either chosen or that we've been put on based on just where we're at in life. Um, like I say, even someone like like Brian, like Brian works uh, in a law office and uh, is a lawyer, and he uh, he does a lot throughout the day, and still like always wants to play soccer. This week hit me up and was like, "Hey, if you're ever looking to to train a little bit extra this week, let me know." Uh, it didn't work out just because of my schedule and and everything going on this past week didn't work. But you know the fact that he's reaching out for these little opportunities to play really says a lot. And you know, I originally, when I first met Brian, was like, hey, like, are you looking to, like, coach at all? We have coaching opportunities. And Brian was like, you know, honestly, like, I want to play as long as I can at the highest level that I can um, while my body still lets me. Um, he's, I mean, getting up there in age, just realistically speaking, like, um, we... No, we're... We're we're all uh, we're all just. Uh, I want to thank you all for paying my social security. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he retired three years ago, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So you know, having having someone like Brian. I mean, like I said, Brian's played in uh, played in the area locally for a long time. A lot of people have known him, and he's been a consistent presence here. And and one of the best men's league goalkeepers in the area, and is someone that we can consistently rely on. To, to be a big part of what we're doing here with the with the Kings and everything going forward. Uh, Brian, uh, just I'll go into Brian and then we'll talk to Dario real quick and then we'll, we'll head on out. But, you know, Brian, um, your experiences from playing in from playing in the area for a while, um, what more, like, are you looking for uh, in, like, a soccer career? Like, how long do you plan on actually playing men's league soccer for like i'm not saying that you're near the very end here but like it, it's it's a realistic nature where you're starting to get to a fact where like can i continue to play it at a high level consistently you know before that brian uh how old are you <laughs> 36 okay I, I turned 36 in july really yeah. i thought you were like 136 but... yeah. <laughs> wow what's up sushi what um, uh, I've kind of, I've kind of joked that at some point I'll break my femur. It's gonna be like a Joe Theismann type injury that finally takes me out. 
but because you've played with broken I, bones and injuries and a million I, I, things, I, I, I played through a broken fibula, um, and was in like the Open Cup about four weeks later, which is probably not a good idea. Um, but I, when I was when I was like twenty three and playing soccer, I always thought, oh, I'll play this for as long as I you know as long as I can, and then I'll just start coaching. And the older I get, the more I just never want to stop playing. Um, and and looking at you know the fact that Montgomery County has an over fifty league, so yeah. that's probably where I see myself in the future. Um, you know, when I when you know when I was young, when I was a kid, I, I played it because my parents made me, and it was just it was what you did. And, and as I got older, you know, I found that I just had a love for the game, and I just don't want to stop playing. Uh, and and I'm I'm glad to be able to to play it at you know a decent level and hopefully be able to keep that for as long as possible and then probably move to futsal, <laughs> which is a little less physically demanding, at least on keepers. Um, really, I mean I think futsal yeah. for keepers is like it's on the hard surface. Yeah, it's hard. It depends because it's just oh my god. I mean I feel sorry for a futsal keeper because it's just like I think they it's make hard. padding, huh? They make padding. I mean you have knee pads and I mean, elbow yeah, pads. I don't know. I just. I see a lot. I see a lot of compression wrap in my future. And like I see, like a lot of uh, futsal keepers, they don't even have, they don't even wear gloves because they want to be agile. So they, yeah, they I have haven't like a, quite figured why. I mean, you got big hands. These guys look like a no, freaking I, bear. You got some big hands. So like, yeah. Ever since I broke my pinky, I've been wearing finger saves you broke your pinky? with the gloves. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's that's what happens when you play Maryland majors in the morning and Washington Premier League in the afternoon. <laughs> Are you playing the major too? Yeah. The major never stops like this. No, it, 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 it's the, going the like, season's not over. It, it'll go probably till January, knowing yeah. the past. I mean, it's pretty good. It's a little... It's okay. I don't know. It's just funny to hear like a Rundle Soccer Association like, this is the last week of the year. Like, and it's just like, last week of the year, like, we pro- like majors probably has like three more weeks left, and then <laughs> yeah, that's true. Playoffs for another three weeks, and at least one will be snowed out. And there'll be one holiday week in there, so it'll go to January probably. Yeah. Yeah, one after, after the other. Yeah. Then also, Dario, Dario ran out and grabbed sushi, and is now back. Uh, mm-hmm. He's currently sitting here eating sushi, sushi. with us. Uh, Dario, we were just talking about you know, I mean, you came over here from Albania looking for an opportunity to play. Um, Came here, played locally in college. Um, what uh, you know? What drives you? I know you're you're someone that trains on a regular basis, constantly at the gym, working out. You know, looking to develop himself. Um, what what kind of has has pushed you and gives you that drive? And you know, I know we were talking earlier. You know, we always make fun of you, fight, make fun of Dario. You know, oh, it's Dario. Like Dario does this, Dario does this. But the thing that I do respect about Dario is Dario is consistent. Like if he says he's gonna. If he says he's gonna um, uh, commit to a season, you know, Dora came to every game. Um, he uh, is constantly working hard outside of training to 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 improve his game. Um, especially over the past few months, you know, he was able to cut weight um, and take some weight off. Not necessarily bad weight, but just was able to become more agile, uh, better on the ball, uh, and be able to have a little bit more endurance. And he did that in order to help improve his game and recognize that change his diet up a little bit, is constantly uh, searching for things that will make him a better player. Um, what kind of drives all that for you? I mean, <clears throat> first thing first, like, I'll thank God for everything. I mean, it's, it sounds ridiculous to many people, but, like, 
if you don't have like if you don't believe in something you don't have like a purpose in life it's it's kind of like it's an empty life so like having having a god by your side you can rely it's like having like a having like a higher figure to you you know you can rely on that person and you can always like i don't know prove yourself and like there's always going to be somebody watching over you no matter what when you're like a little kid you have your little your little parents, you have your parents watching over you, even, even though you, you have mistakes, you make some mistakes, there's all gonna be your parents looking over you, so like, that's my main reason, but like, like, when you're young, when you're young, you should, um, always try to, try to achieve something different, because you know, school is very important, like, school is the, it's very, is the most important thing for everybody, because you need to get some education, you meet some people, networking is very interesting, you know, it's, it's a it's a good it's very good but like why don't why not trying to go to the next to next level not even in in soccer but like in the sports but like in life it's like it's like pushing yourself to the limit like try something new and different that you never done before like I don't know like soccer to me is it's been it's always been our my first like I used to play soccer before I could even walk, but the thing is, because I had my I don't know if you guys know, but like my grandparent, he, he used to play he played professional for my for my country, and he was and I had my uncle, he also played professional for for my country. He he was able to make it for the international, but then uh, me, I was kind of like um, not following the steps of my my family because when I when I moved to Italy at the age of seven, I was playing soccer. Then I started playing basketball from 12 to 18, so I, I didn't play soccer for eight years in my life. So when I feel like I I missed a lot, so right now I'm trying to pursue this dream, play soccer. I'm just I'm just I want to practice every day because all these years that I lost from not practicing soccer, I want to get them back. And I feel like um, I'm behind many people because I haven't practiced. For this, I mean, twelve to six, twelve to eighteen is like the most, the main, like your main career as a soccer player, because that's where you learn your fundamentals. But like, since I, I couldn't, I couldn't, how would I say, I couldn't had those days because I was being a foolish teenager, chasing the wrong things, and I'm just like, right now that I have the opportunity to be able to work on myself, and I have like a brain on my mind. I mean, I have. I mean, I have a mind. I, mean, I don't know what to say, but you have your mind on your mind. I have mind I, on your mind. Are you gonna answer Josh's question? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the question is that why I do it? Because, like I said, you you have to to pursue something in your life, no matter what. Like you, yeah. something harder, like something not easy to achieve. And if you if we don't live our life as human beings, if we don't live a life that you're not gonna push yourself the next day like what's your purpose once again if you don't have a purpose in life you are kind of useless you know and many people it's not about saying like many people they discover this later in their life you know there's been many people that for 22 years of their life 23 years of their life they haven't done anything but then there was this switch and they just like they were like, all right we need to change something and then just like quit everything they were doing and they just like open a new episode of their life and they were just like going at it and they were like keep pushing day after day and look yeah. at them this guy did 50 iron man day after day for 50 days that's like that's crazy people who who will do 50 iron man 
even doing one Ironman a year is kind of hard. Imagine doing 50 Ironman day after day for 50 days in 50 different states. It's just like mind-blowing. So Yeah. We're talking yesterday or uh, last last Saturday we we're talking about uh, Wim Hof and the Wim Hof breathing yeah. method method. And um he uh Wim Hof if you guys don't know is is a, a man he's he's in his late fifties and he has uh, twenty six world records for his endurance through the cold, uh whether climbing uh Mount Everest, Mount Kilimanjaro, uh running a marathon in Antarctica without shoes on or without clothes shirtless, on only shirtless boxing. uh swimming 100 meters under under ice um being able to have direct contact with ice and cold water uh and a lot of people think a lot of would have made a lot of people would have uh probably had severe injuries from oh, or yeah. almost died from for Not almost, 2 okay. hours um was able to regulate his body temperature and keep his body temperature the same due to a breathing method he came up with so just interesting things like that that, you know, just prove that we are capable of more than we really think we can. And for me, like, I've been through a lot in my life too, which I'm sure I'll share throughout on this show uh, throughout the upcoming weeks. But um, one thing that's always kind of pushed me to move, to do whatever I can um, is has just been, you know, I uh, before I had a daughter, before I had uh, a lot of good things going on in my life, Soccer was was everything to me, you know. I thought soccer was my everything until I had my daughter, and now, right now, my daughter means way more than me than soccer ever will. But, you know, it was something that helped push through, push me through a lot of uh, difficult times, and uh, something that I can't just give up on. Um, I can't just, you know, I'm, I'm not looking to play at the next level anymore. But like, I can't just stop playing. You know, it's not something I'm just going to stop doing. Um, I can't just give it up entirely. Even when I'm done playing, I'm going to continue coaching. Um, I'm going to continue to be around the game in any way possible. So um, with that being said, you know, I mean, we're going to definitely talk about some more serious things. We're going to joke around. We're going to have some fun. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, our, our upcoming games. We're going to talk about uh, different players. We're going to bring in some some guests here in the next couple of weeks, too. That will be fun to talk with. And... Uh, <laughs> Right now, right now, I'm watching Opie trying these chopsticks pick up sushi, and it's pretty funny. Uh, it's because it's soft. No, it's because you can learn how to use chopsticks. Hey. <laughs> yeah, Chopstick is made but, for Asian, not for Africans. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. But anyway, uh, once again, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in for our, our podcast. This is episode one. Uh, we're going to definitely improve this over the weeks to come. We're going to get used to the feel for everything. It's an experiment that we want to try just to kind of share our perspective of everything. You know, I'm very busy throughout the week. It's nice to kind of wind down and just talk and review everything of, of what's been going on. I want to continue to provide more of a presence and more of a face within the organization. So having little things like this really does help um, have someone to relate to. I know we have some other great people in, in the club, just like a lot of people know EJ Jackson. and He's done a great job of everything and has been the face for so long of a lot of things we've done. Um, he's still heavily involved in doing a lot of things, and he'll probably be on the show many times. But, um, you know, I, I just wanted to just, just be around, um, let you guys know that um, I will uh, we'll be running this uh, podcast with, you know, I'm sure Obi, Dario, Brian, KJ, whoever we have, 
uh, that's available that week will be here. It might be some weeks where it's me and one other person. It might be some weeks where we have 10 guys that are here. So um, we'll be consistent with it. We'll, we'll try to to um, continuously upload for you guys. Uh, but once again, it's episode one. Uh, we look to continue to improve each episode, making things better. Uh, make sure to, to come on the Anchor app and uh, follow what we're doing here, uh, support what we're doing, uh, follow us, also uh, applaud our page. I think it would be great to uh, just provide this presence here and uh, let other people know what we have come up going on, what we have coming up within not just the Baltimore Kings, but all of Pro Soccer Alliance and um, also just our, our local men's league team that we have, something we can talk about every once in a while. So uh, with that being said, um, Opie, Dario, Brian, Josh Danza signing off here on today is November 17th. Hi, Mom. Uh, <laughs> but uh made it. but yeah thanks again for tuning in and uh we'll be back next week ciao ciao see you thanks. later guys see ya bye dear lord as this day comes to a close thank you for another day that you have given both stephanie and i together thank you for the ability to be able to spend most of the day today together lord and to spend time with her daughter Raylan as well and prepare for their trip over to Europe. I pray that on their trip they are able to be filled with excitement and remain safe and are able to enjoy their trip um, with family, with her dad and her mom and her sister and brother-in-law and niece and and all other family that is around, Lord. I pray that during this time that Stephanie and the family are able to spend time connecting and, and just relaxing and enjoying this vacation that graciously, graciously given her um, not many People are able to have that kind of break, Lord, um, two weeks that they can spend and, and just enjoy that time and, and, and be around family in a different country and having the freedom to do what you want, Lord. Um, I pray that your blessings continue to reign over uh, the family as we all celebrate your birth. We celebrate such a special time of the year where we focus on others and giving um, because of the fact that that you, everything that you have given us and, and your birth and your life is celebrated, Lord, through throughout December and even throughout late November. And please keep our minds on you that we continue to want to to live that God-pleasing life and 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 pursuing es- pursuing excellence in in our pursuit to be closer to you, and I, I pray that throughout this trip that that there's a sense of peace and and, and safety and, and comfort in in such a foreign country, um, halfway across the world. Um, pray also that here in uh, in Maryland that Vivian and I 
are able to enjoy this time as well, that we're able to uh, really focus on ourselves and, and, and focus on what we need individually to, in order to live a, a happy, happy life that, that we do desire. I, I pray that uh, throughout this time apart, Lord, that, that Stephanie and I are able to keep a very strong bond, that everything that we have grown together and all that we have built over the past few months continues to grow at such a steady and, and fast rate that it has been and that this time apart can can continue to to be a, a time where we are growing in you, that our relationship continues to be pleasing to you, and that our actions uh, match up with what we we really say that we want to do, um, in in your presence. And, it's such a blessing being able to have the opportunity to praise you together throughout a work day, throughout a, a time when most people are not able to freely celebrate their uh, their faith. Um, I, I pray that during this time apart that, that we're able to continue to communicate freely and openly and, and, and enjoy each other and, and the comfort and everything that you bring both of us. Um, I, I pray that as these two weeks uh, endure and as we, as we spend this time apart, Lord, that each of us are able to continue to uh, grow separately uh, individually, yet together, and, and really realize and, and empower these feelings that we have, and, and that, that the goodness and everything that is within us that, that draws us to each other um, is, is able to, to strengthen and, and, and grow at a very healthy rate. I look forward to being able to return together after being away from each other and and being able to being able to have what you what you have planned for us lord um, i have i have faith that that you have you have something very beautiful lined up for both of us uh, and not just us but our two little daughters I pray that that you continue to keep all four of us safe and happy and and, and stimulated in a way that that, that we are tested and, and grow together. I I pray for safety throughout this trip. Uh, I, I pray that that, that Ray and, and her dad, um, Ray and, Steph and Stephanie's dad, are, are able to. Have a quick, uh, uneventful travel uh, to Europe. That there's no mix-up in plans. 
everything goes smoothly and that you're able to keep their paths straight on their on their journey halfway across the world. Um, I continue to pray these things in your name and thank you for your support and the people you've put in our lives to help ensure this steady growth and, and, and this, this overall great adventure you have planned for each of us. In Jesus' name.